Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, uh, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all-expenses-paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current frontrunner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10, for you and up to three of your friends. And you can watch or listen to Fine Dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st, and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one bump boy, standing six foot two, 293 pounds, hailing from Nassau County, Long Island, it's Johnny G. All you gotta do is trust me, Jackson, Maine. Joining me as always in High and Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout out. What's that, Arthur? Retire the Star is Born portion of my intro? Fair enough. Retire the entire intro is your idea. That's interesting for a dog. Okay. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, I started out in comedy watching this dude, and now we're friends. This is fucking wild. Joining me is actor, comedian, podcaster, Twitch hoster with Paul Sherry. It's Rob Hubel, the number two fuck boy. Here he is, the legend himself, the number two fuck Rob Hubble. Let's go. You got the best intro in the biz, bro. Dude, it's all I got. These, it's all downhill. I could tell. I could tell watching. <laughs> I could tell watching you that you almost cracked yourself up at the in the middle of that one. There was a moment where I could tell you almost lost it for some reason. Uh, not to go full Mike Mitchell on Doughboys, but. It depends on my guest, you know, if it's, uh, if it's you, I'm just like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) When it's like, the status is slightly different in my book because having watched Respecto so much coming up that you like, you guys are like the upper class. You guys are like my friend's older brothers that were doing the cool shit. It's so funny because, uh, you know, obviously everyone has the people ahead of them that they look up to. And then at all, at some point just disappears and blends together. And you know, now that I'm super old, you're, you're not as old as me, but like (laughs) my older is for sure. (laughs) As you get older, it's just like, Oh yeah. Now we're all just in comedy and we're all just doing it. And it's fun. You know? Yeah. It is like, I always refer to it. Like when you're in high school, you're like, he's a senior and I'm a freshman. That's weird. But when you're 28 and 24, you're not talking about high school anymore. Yeah. 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 But you still have that energy. If you went to high school together that you look up to this, like not look up, but like 
he's got a little status over me, you know? It's and, so funny. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, there's, I mean, you know, there's guys that, and, and women too, that I look up to that I'm like, oh yeah. They, and you know, but that it is totally the high school dynamic for right. sure. <laughs> and, and then there's, there's a whole nother layer in that, like in my head, I conflate if you were doing comedy already when I was coming up, or if you started after me, you're either older or younger. And that's just not how it works. It's like Zach Woods. I grew up watching. He's like four years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> guys Gethard, who are young. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Guys yeah. who started after me are older than me, but I'm still like, all right, <laughs> right. son. And right. Greg Tukalescu is like, I'm 44, man. And I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's totally confusing. Totally yeah. confusing. But now we're all just old. And, and we're ju- fucking millionaires, man. We have. Oh, that's the best part. <laughs> dude, we've ridden this comedy train to the very end. Yeah, I'm getting like a kind of regular Harold residual check that's kind of keeping me oh, afloat me too, throughout the dude, pandemic. Oh, me too, dude. Me too. I get resids for improv shows. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, got, I got this big callback bonus I got. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it crazy how like nothing, um, nothing really changes that much? Like I still audition for shit and don't get it. And, you know, and you're still like, <laughs> it's just a hustle. Like this, It's this all the is, same shit no matter what. It's just yeah. like the number of zeros changes eventually. Yeah, but it's all, it's just a hustle. It's a never ending marathon of like, nope, you didn't get that. Fuck it. Okay. On to the next thing, you know, and then, and then hopefully you're just doing your own thing and like making your own shit, you know, and that but keeps um, you happy in that way. Dude. Yeah. You're, yeah. That's a, you're touching on something that I've gone through kind of like 11 cycles of through. Well, you're the quarantine. king of that. I think, I think you've done like a great job of, of really, um, uh, you know, of, of, of drilling down on, on this, um, on, on this industry. Like definitely you're the fucking number one fuck boy. In I mean, please, you I don't mean, get, that, that you don't just make that title up for yourself randomly one yeah, time. No. That's given out at the national. <laughs> I got awards. it from Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Joe Rogan and Ira Glass blessed me with the title of number one fuck boy. Yeah, but it is like uh it is cool and interesting how people can just like figure out their own way to sustain themselves and like okay, you know, I'm not really going to do this that much and especially during the pandemic. Like that was Right. Now that well, we're almost coming out of it, it's like you start to think like, oh, maybe we'll get to perform again at yeah. some point. I don't know when, but I'm like I'm going but- through all the same shit. Like even this pandemic has made me feel retroactively better about my quote unquote acting success, which is something that I've let control my happiness. But in this last year where no one was like, where it wasn't happening for anybody, I had no FOMO. And then I was just enjoying being a podcaster and a husband and laying around and getting reading done. And all of a sudden I was like, and then this year went by and I survived. I I know I'm a fortunate uh, person in that regard, like financially. And I was like, wait, how much? how much success do I really need? Like, do I have enough to cruise for a couple of years right now? Because I'd love to, as you keep saying, the hustle, the hustle, the hustle. I'd love to take my foot off the gas for a minute and just like, I'll pull over to this rest stop for a little. And that's just the, and this last year just activated that in me. And now I don't, I'm like, it's such a long game is all I wish I, someone told 25 year old Gabrus is like, yeah, they, I know me too. I'm so pissed because like no one ever, um, or maybe I just didn't pick up on it that like, there is no finish line and that does sound dumb and whatever. But like, and I would say in anything that you do, like you never like are there, you know, but yeah. I, th- I always thought you did. Like, I always thought you got to a certain point then you just fucking coast. Like then you're just like set, but you yeah. just always have to keep in, you know, for sure in this business, you just keep grinding, keep grinding. But the, what you said about um, FOMO 
is so fucking familiar to me because I, um, like a lot of people just wrestle with that so much, you know, you're just Holy like, well, what's he doing? What's he doing? Oh fuck. Why aren't I doing that? Why didn't I get that? Egg and egg. when the pandemic hit, like it, it was just this, it was an equalizer fucking equalizer where you're just like, yeah, I don't have to compare myself to anybody. Yeah. I can do stuff at home. I can go on Twitch. I can do someone else's podcast. I can do, you know, whatever. And then <laughs> now a year later, we're starting to come out of it and I'm just Dude, starting to so get that. Quick. that it's so quick. I know. I was about to say, in like February, some friends were like back at their shows that they already worked on. And I'm like keeping all my friends who had Zoom writer jobs this entire year out of my head because that's not something I can even handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a second people were back like, holy shit, Superstore, we're back filming the last season. Something I've never been part of and was not planning on being part of. And I was like, fuck, and I'm not invited to the Hollywood's opening meeting. And it's yeah. Like, yes. what? Why? I don't have anything going on yet. <laughs> I know. And even like dumb, shitty pilots that not, that I do not give a fuck about. It's like, oh, I don't care. I don't want to be on that dumbass show. But really, it would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, was, that's the entire thing with this industry is just like, uh, I don't think I re- like you said, you keep thinking there's a destination, a, fi- a finish line. But Every like couple of years, if you ask me, what do you think is your goal in this? The answer would always be like, I actually still don't know. So it's hard. Like I'm not even allowed to be, I shouldn't even be mad at myself for not achieving because I haven't chosen an achievement. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like doing the both ways where I'm like, you're tr- I'm hustling nonstop and then also mad at myself for not succeeding somehow. <laughs> but I It's I've, such a weird, yeah. I've designed but, what success is. It's in my mind. So why can't I retroactively choose that I am successful? Like, but doesn't oh. doesn't doesn't like social media like Instagram drives me crazy because I look on there so horny and I right? just see oh it gets so horny, man. You know, I'm driving, I'm like throwing my phone. Yeah, I gotta pull over. But um looking but, at Instagram while driving and getting horny. Really getting funny. so horny. So oh man, I'm wearing the wrong sweatpants. Fuck, I gotta go back home. Um I was um no but you know you look Instagram on there and you get gives you that fucking extra yeah. dash of FOMO. Yeah. And you just see people that are going and doing stuff that you are jealous of. And I'm like, fuck. Oh, what are they? What they're shooting in Vancouver? What's Steve Agee doing in Vancouver? <laughs> yeah. What's Tom Lennon doing in Vancouver? Why aren't I in Vancouver? You know, right. what's happening in Vancouver? There's a lot of people. Sh- uh, it's open. I'll go up there. Oh, quarantining yeah. for two weeks by yourself yeah. in a hotel. Oh, that everyone's got COVID. Right? Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, I'm yeah, fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, funny we should say FOMO because that is an acronym where the first word Dude, is that was an accident. Fear. That was that, an accident. That was that an we, we didn't we, accident. we fell into that, but that's what we were going to talk about. We're going to talk about fear. And this is like the 40-year-old man fear conversation right here of like, is like, am I going to do the thing I set out to do in life? Will I feel fulfilled in some way? Uh, but I'm all I'm also getting to the age where uh like I watched that that Anthony Hopkins movie The Father that well, I don't uh, that, I don't know that one. It was an Oscar. It's this year. It's Oscar oh. nominated based on a play. But it's a it's like an he's like losing his mind as an yeah, older man oh, and it's terrible. edited together to keep you on your toes in like a confusing way too so like you feel it and me and my wife were just looking at each other like 
oh no 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 right we're gonna get old and we're gonna get confused fuck yeah, no. yeah, and now yeah. i'm like new fear and put it yeah. on the fucking list well that yeah that is the scariest <laughs> thing i was thinking about that last night i was like uh i was trying to fall asleep last night i couldn't sleep and then of course at three in the morning <laughs> i see out the window uh flashing red lights and like the rumbling of a big truck and i'm like oh fuck i look out the window and like our across the street neighbor has like an ambulance and a fire, you know, big uh, fire engine at their house. I still don't know what happened. I don't really know these people. They're kind of weirdos. And, uh, but it was just weird because I was thinking about, um, like, why the fuck can't I fall asleep? And like, you know, just thinking about like my life and everything. And then like for someone else to be dealing with this tragedy. <laughs> and I was also like, I was also like kind of stoned. And I was like, oh no. Oh, I'm so glad that there's not an ambulance coming for me. Like I could not deal with this right now. I'm too stoned. You know? That's, that's when I know I'm really stoned is when I peak selfish. Like this is a perfect example. Hang out with uh, Max Silvestri one time. He dropped his laptop. And I felt so much relief that it wasn't my laptop that I was, I couldn't be sympathetic towards. Like he just saw me go, Oh, thank God. That's not my problem. And it was like, I couldn't resist. And I was like, I, that's the rudest thing I've ever done. It's dude. such a weird, uh, it, I can totally connect with that man. When you're stoned, it's just like, Oh, I hope nothing bad happens right now. Cause yeah, I don't want to deal with the stress. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I hope I, yeah. That's why like, if I'm going to eat, eat something or like stay, I like, it has to be like, you know, my kids asleep. It's like late at night. Right. Nothing's going to happen. The dog is walked. I don't have to go outside. Exactly. Um, Minimal resistance. That reminds me, uh, one of my uh, good buddies, he was like a ex pot smoker, had a, had a kid and I, uh, he lived around the block and he's like, Hey, I want to smoke a bowl tonight. Can you bring me some weed over? Once the kids go to sleep, I'm going to smoke weed again for the first time in a few years. I'm feeling okay. He took a hit and he texted me in like the minute. He's like, my son just came out of the bedroom and said, daddy, are you a ghost? And then turned and went back to bed. And he's like, don't think I'll ever smoke weed again. Oh <laughs> it's like the God. one night he did, his son bugged him the fuck out. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, my daughter's been starting to say stuff like that. She's four and she's been starting to say like kind of tripped out stuff. Like, um, you know, she'll look at a picture of someone in a magazine. She'll be like, is he dead? Be like, um, I don't know. I mean, that's a model from J. Crew. I, there's really no way for me to know. Well, are you, are we gonna die? And I'm like, um, yeah. I mean, actually, we are. We're all gonna die. When are we gonna die? I mean, I don't know when we're gonna. You know, but just wow, like, that's yeah, so intense. fucking cool to me. That's it is so cool. It is cool when they start to like look at like the big picture and sort of abstract stuff like that. It's pretty mind blowing that like a human brain can process that at four years old. I mean, not that she's like a genius or anything. I mean, she fucking is a genius, but, um, but <laughs> not it's that just, she's a genius or anything, but she set up this whole podcast. Studio. <laughs> but she, bought me, she, she's got this whole garage. I didn't know what I was rig. doing. She set up my zoom. I she like, set up this <laughs> ethernet cable and the USB adapter. Um, she's geek squad at four. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it is wild to like, think about that, but that, but that just shows you what a primitive fear that is too, of like, Oh, this is all going to end. Like we're either going to get old and die, which fucking sucks. Yeah. I mean, like my, both my parents died about two years ago just because, you know, they were older and had long lives, but like my mom died and like three months later, my dad died and it was just the worst. It's the worst. So, so seeing that is one way you can That's go. That's a the quick other, way to remind you. Yeah, like and just the other way is also terrible. It's like, oh, he had a heart attack and he was fifty years old, or he got into a car accident and he was, you know, whatever. Um, so it's all like <laughs> obviously overstating the obvious, but dying is really scary to <laughs> <Yeah>. everyone. <laughs> but 
but yeah, dying is really scary to everyone, but it's sometimes it's hard to not have it on your mind, I guess yes. is the thing. Like yeah. uh, my wife, Tiff, she, she's a little morbid, like in that if some, like a neighbor of ours died, like we heard this old guy that we used to like that walked around West yeah. Hollywood, he passed away and it like really affected her. And I was like, we barely interacted with him. He's like, but he was so young and this, and then all of a sudden I'm like feeling it too. And I'm like. Oh, she like is so empathetic towards it. I think because both of our dads died uh, young. Yeah. Uh, so like that is hard not to think about the whole time. My like my dad was like one of those blue collar guys who always said shit like, dude, I'm not going to be around for that long. You know, die young, uh, leave a handsome yeah, corpse, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, like yeah, all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And then he died yeah. at 56 or 57. I was like, <laughs> you asshole, just try. Yeah. <laughs> just say something. I mean, try brain cancer comes. <laughs> yeah, brain cancer is like, can't argue he wasn't trying to fight it. But at yeah. the same time, you're like, <laughs> you're like, just don't say shit like that. Yeah, and I used yeah, to, yeah. as a kid, be like, blah, blah, like joking because, you know, comedy, being overweight, dark humor. You're like, yeah, I'm not going to make it. Def-. And now that I'm 39, I'm like, I take uh, spirulina every day. I'm like, no, yeah. like, tell me what I need to medicine. Do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm on blood pressure medication. I'm getting my cardiovascular exercise. If I don't get a walk outside, I'm just not taking care of my. I'm now like instantly in old. And the quarantine helped me in that, like activated me to fight the fear I have of aging. And my fear of dying is, yes, fear of dying, but fear of like losing my faculties before like that's that scares what, that's me what even i'm worried more. about I, that's yeah. exactly what i'm worried about because that happened my dad just had like a slow mental decline and that to me was just really terrifying like yeah. so scary by the way is this gonna it's bum- very hard to witness <laughs> is this podcast gonna bum out your listeners are people nobody listens like, oh, to this shit no, <laughs> We'll get on something. This out. We'll get on to something more fun, you know, like yeah, no, we're talking fear. Like we'll get to more stuff. We'll get to high dives eventually. But yeah, for now, yeah. we got to talk about dead dads. <laughs> Everyone who listens to High and Mighty knows my dad is dead because I inject it into every conversation because it's oddly the like subtitle of my comedy. <laughs> it's hard not to think about that stuff though, for sure. And uh, and and also, I I think. I don't know how long ago your dad, did your dad die a long time ago? Like uh, 10 years, nine years ago. Okay, yeah. But it's also just like, a, um, I, I, I think about it all the time. I think about it every day. I don't think about them dying. I just think about my parents like, you know, and you just like, you can't help but think about it. You know, it's such right. a, it's such a huge thing. And like, you know, at the beginning, and if I linger on it too much, I get real sad. But like, if I'm just like thinking about them, it's like, oh, cool. Like, I'm just remembering. It's remembering them. It's yeah, living yeah. with them. Like, yeah. That, yeah, it's as if they're like. I didn't, I don't see my, didn't, don't see my mom every day, but she enters my thoughts. My dad enters my thoughts. It's yeah. your way and, of keeping them around in a way. And I too. don't think there's anything wrong with that. I also don't think that, um, I heard someone say recently, like there is no closure. And I, I, I think I agree with that. Like there is no, like put it to bed. There's no, like that doesn't exist. Yeah, I think it's you're like just allowed, like, you're allowed yeah. to grieve forever. As long as you just like, you know, honor your own life. I feel like, right. you know, like that's right. the important thing is like the person Because if you die, like if any one of us died, you would be more sad if you were able to look down and saw that a lot of other people's lives were distraught because you died. You'd be like, I was thinking about that with DMX. Like I saw that clip of, um, of, uh, when, when his, when I guess when his body left the hospital in white Plains, New York, they were like, you know, a couple thousand people out there and they were all cranking that, like, I'm slipping, I'm falling. I can't get up. Yo, I'm slipping. And everyone was playing that as like a tribute as like the car took his body away. And I thought like, oh, 
you know, if he had known how many, and I don't know enough about him to know what his story, I know it was, he, he was an addict or whatever, but I don't know what he relapsed with, whether it was heroin or Coke or something like that. But like, um, uh, you know, but I, I just wonder sometimes like, oh, if you knew how much people connect with you, would you take better care of yourself? I mean, myself included, like, you know, yeah. I don't. Well, uh, is that know. like while we're on scary topics, like you're <laughs> not a new, new dad, but it is an, a relatively new yeah. thing. And does that activate the sort of like fuck? Yes. Instantly yes. of like, T- what yep. if I'm not around at some point? Like, yeah. Like it's so yes, terrifying. Totally. Yeah. totally. Now there's someone it's who's so literally scary. your literally depends on you like yep, a person that's who, yeah, really like, really scary like the first thing you do is just buy fucking life insurance and like yeah i can't let you live off human giant residuals you gotta get yeah 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 <laughs> it's also weird like knowing that i have life insurance like i i also it totally is a motivator for my wife to poison me like i know that like oh you will be fine like if we get into an argument or something like she she could just back over me with the car you know and like she'll be yeah. fine you know like she's got uh, i guess what i'm saying is if anything happens to me everybody listening to <laughs> yeah, this no, you please know, you know investigate <laughs> We know double check everything, you know, yeah, like, take yeah, a yeah. look, check the CC, check the Nest cam. I don't think, yeah. it, uh, I don't think it was a full blown accident that Hube's head was underneath the minivan no, tire. How, yeah. Why would his head be under the back tire? Um, yeah, now, but, but, now but, it's like, now she's actually killing you over. <laughs> but the, uh, the kid thing for sure is a big motivator for, uh, for stuff. And, and then when you, you know, when I catch myself doing dumb stuff, drinking too much or smoking too much or whatever, you know, I'm just like, oh, am I, what am I doing? Should I not be doing, I know that I shouldn't be doing this, but I also, it's late at night and I also want to re- relax and de-stress <laughs> yeah. and like, and I, yeah. And I also don't want to give and, this up either. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, I know but, exactly. But, yeah. And it, that's, is it crazy because does having a kid make you think about, because you're no longer so self-centered, you can't be. Even if you are in a relationship, you, that eliminates some self-centeredness. But once you have a child, I feel like you start to think of like the world without you, like for the first time. Because I'm not once I'm like I don't have a kid. I don't know if we're gonna plan. We're not planning on having any. But if I'm gone, it's I'm gone. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's like yeah. that thing of like thinking about being gone. Like oh, that's it's it's weird. It is weird. It's really scary. One one good thing I think that like, uh, they didn't have before that we have the benefit of, and it sounds really dumb is just like, uh, digital shit on the internet. You know, like you will, you know, if so, (laughs) if you get shot by an assassin tomorrow, there's 800 million pod. I mean, how many episodes of this, you know, there's 300, (laughs) 300 something episodes of the, there's so much material that your friends and all can go back. And 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 I'll be, that'd be such a fucking bummer. Like, like I'm dead and people are listening to me cut like a Mac Weldon ad from like 2009. I miss a man. And you're like, yikes. Right, right, right. I need a button that deletes uh, my browser history, all my podcasts and shit, like a life alert for when I know I'm finally going. I'm like, nuke everything. I that's don't a great, <laughs> dude, that's a great idea for a business. Someone should start that sort of thing. Like instead of like LifeLock or, you know, one of these like identity theft, it's just like, no, we'll clean up your reputation right when you die. <laughs> yeah, like just right, yeah. have your wife call us. We'll come in, delete Take everything. Take down all your podcasts, any yeah. old, if yeah. any clips of you doing late Tell night improv shows. Tell us where all shows. your drugs yeah. are, everything, <laughs> yeah. all the porn and everything. You know, we'll get it all. We'll clean it all up so no one <laughs> we'll thinks you're a maniac. both of your fake Instagrams and your real one, whatever you need. <laughs> <laughs> He's so funny. 
do you have any fears as a grown man that you understand are irrational, but it's just like something you've decided like, that's just something what, that's what we deal with now. Like, you know, like, cause I, I, I will say I do get myself and I think it's because I'm a stoner and because I, I like to, um, I have a ra- a rabid imagination. I like final destination. A lot of situations, like if like some, like if Tiff leaves like a pair of scissors on the counter, like <laughs> I see that sliding off and like going into my foot and like, shattering like all the nerves in my foot and I never play sports again. Like and yeah. that just like happens to me. And I'm like, we got to put these scissors away. And it's like, we are both adults. Like scissors could be on the counter too. But have, that's what's wrong with, I'm so like cognizant. I think once you've lived a long time too, you've seen a lot of dumb accidents happen. So you're just like, it can happen any anytime dude i fell down the stairs the other day like we have like you know a flight of stairs in our house it's like whatever eight carpeted stairs <laughs> but i've now fallen down twice in my socks because i'll just like miss the top step and just go like floop and then just fucking eight or nine stairs down oh. you know it's carpet it's not going to kill me but like the first time i did it it scared the shit out of me. I was like, what? Cause it's so fast and it's so yeah. violent, you know, every three years that fall is going to get scarier and yeah, more dangerous. Yes, that's the dude. crazy. That's the old yes. man. Shit. That's totally. That's what I think about all the time is like, I hit my knee on the coffee table so hard yesterday when I was going to grab something that it made me sort of fall over the coffee table. And I, and, and I can kind of show you in my office, see the coffee tables like next to the couch, but I hit it so yeah. hard that I decided to like, fully skateboard bail and dive onto the couch. Yeah. And I was just like, just to not like crush this table. And I landed and I was like, Oh, and I was in so much pain. And I hurt my shoulder when I landed, of course, cause I'm too big and too old to do that. But then I was like, man, if I was like 15 years older, this could have been like, a trip to the hospital, Dude, a totally. two, two days in bed. Like, totally. On, yeah, on my went- 33rd birthday, I went to get into my car. And I twisted my back the day before my 33rd birthday and I twisted my back and I couldn't move on my birthday and the day after. And, and it was like a year after I moved here. So I was feeling like a more of a grown up. And then that happened. And I'm like, well, now you need to get in shape, not just for aesthetics. You need to get into shape so that like, you don't miss out on things. And that's like the old, that's how I know I've gotten old. It's like, I need cardio so that I can, hike Machu Picchu someday or like if you're a dad you're like I need to live longer I like I want to be able to play ball with you know especially if yeah. we're New York and LA people you're having your kids at 38 and 39 you're like I need to be able to play sports with her them take them to there to, I got to be able to do all that and it's like oh so in the last year I've been like my f- it's no longer about like how much can I squat or like trying to get big muscles. I'm like, you need to live as long as possible. I'm like, you got to do crossroads, uh, crosswords, crossroads. You got to <laughs> sing crossroads at karaoke. Bone Thugs and Harmony is your favorite, you know. And well, so you I'm know like, what they got to do, man. They they need to fucking get uh, hurry up with the uh, like little uh, nanobots, you know that you know the people talk about like, oh well, uh, pretty soon they're gonna start injecting <laughs> nanotech, us, yeah, yeah, with like nanotech, and that'll just like knock out all of these like bad genes and cancer cells and all that. And, like everyone keeps saying like, oh, it's like you know ten years away. It's like well, it might be like twenty years away, but like by then, come on, like I'm gonna yeah. be way too old. Like I need you to <laughs> freeze me now. Like stop any aging that's going on. Like I just Wait. want them to 
to get ahead of that now. That's funny. Instead of training for longevity, you're training to last long enough to get experimental <laughs> procedures. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to stay alive long enough to get the nanotech in my blood. Until, and then they, from get, there. until they get the science down. But what you said about like, do uh, am I, uh, uh, as a dad, you worry about irrational stuff. Like I don't worry that much about me um, just because I feel like I'm, uh, you know, I'm like a tall, I'm not like a, a huge guy, but like, I, I don't worry about like, getting jumped or anything like that, or like getting mugged, stuff like yeah. that. Um, but I do worry, like if you look around the house, I worry about like, oh, there's a fucking marble. My kid could put a marble or like a hard can. You, know, you worry about like choking what yeah. you said, scissors. Like we have these magnetic uh, kitchen scissors on the refrigerator. My kid always grabs those. So it's more stuff <laughs> that she could do to hurt herself, you know, like yeah. sticking her tongue in a light socket or, you know, anything like that. We have, you know, and you're just, like, and you're learning like monthly a thing that you're like, that wasn't even something I was worried about that I didn't even think a child could or would do. And yeah. now my kid did that. So now that's put it on the list of things that's like, hey, let's go check and make sure that she's not diving out of her crib or what, you know, like whatever the new scary yeah. thing is. Well, that's like, the scariest thing when you have a kid is when it's quiet in the house. You're like, what? What the fuck? Oh no! Why is it so quiet? You know, it's yeah. like alarming. It's a, like you. I'm used to chaos and someone right. screaming and complaining about this. And when it's quiet, I'm like, fuck! Oh fuck! 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 And you run into her room and she's just like standing there playing with you know her Raya doll or whatever. And you're like, oh thank God, you're just yeah. <laughs> being a normal kid. Yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. That's a parenting thing, right? When your kids young and they're quiet, you're worried. You think the worst. When your kids are older and they're quiet, you're like, what are they fucking up? My mom. Yes. My mom would just push the door open if we were being really quiet i'm oldest of three boys so yeah. if we were all together my mom would just be like guys we're being too quiet in here what's going on like yeah. it's just like we know she knows we're up to no good yeah that's so funny man i come from three boys too and shout out to parents of three boys can you yeah. imagine that shit i would we, never have three boys that would no. be uh, that would be so hard yeah my boy so hard my youngest brother was my mom's attempt at like we need a girl <laughs> yes like, <laughs> totally and it's totally. like whoops <laughs> nope. yeah oh fuck another boy all right yeah. should we name him i don't give a fuck what we name him do you uh, um do you, you ever... where do you fall in the order i'm in the middle i'm in, You're the, in middle. the middle i'm the yeah. oldest i think by the way andy daly is also one of three boys one of three oh, brothers too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and we were talking about that are your brothers funny um, they are. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause yeah, my brothers are, my brothers are very funny and yeah. Daly's brothers are very funny too. Yeah. Where, are, I'm, I'm the only professional, but both of my brothers, if you ask them would probably say that they're funnier than, of, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but, but it is, it is, you know, I think that there is a weird, um, competitiveness with comedy, you know, it, it yeah. definitely like, uh, in, in a, sometimes it gets out of hand. I feel like in New York, I remember, uh, sometimes with like standups and stuff, you'd hear and see kind of shittiness, but, uh, but, um, the, uh, there, there's something that just sort of like drives you forward when you're around funny people, like trying to keep up, you know, I think yeah, comedy yeah. being funny, I think starts out, I think everyone has probably figured this out as like a defense mechanism. You know, you feel weird or shy or awkward or 
or it's an easy way to make friends and, and yeah. something like that, you know, it's a, how you got a positive reaction from yes. an adult. Yes. Yeah. And he, I, that, yeah, that's exactly. the fucking, uh, that's the like lizard brain shit I've been unlocking is like, I think I started doing co- like being funny because it was better than my dad yelling would totally. be like laughing at me. Yes, dude. And then, totally. Then I'd bring it to school where I'd be like, do people like me? Does is the yep. teacher mad at me? Well, if I make them all laugh, then I know they're on my, and then I've just been trying to please strangers and friends for the rest of my life. Isn't it I weird know. how much of that comes from like stern dads? I had the same thing. I mean, you know, my dad was super cool, but like had, you know, uh, a stern side to him and could like be like, uh, you know, it's d- probably a d- generational t- thing too. Cause probably <laughs> yeah. everyone around our ages, dads were tough. You like know what I it feel is, like- dude? it's also just having fucking three boys. It's yeah, like, yeah, it's shut like you're the just exhausted. Up. You guys shut up. Like, you know, I would be, <laughs> I'd be going crazy, but because of that, and because I was in the middle, I ended up being kind of like the peacemaker and wanting, uh, my dad to laugh and not to be so serious because I felt like I was walking on eggshells a little bit, you know? So you get good at being funny and then you, yeah, you just carry that into school. And then once you get a laugh in school, that's fucking crack. Yeah. So you're like, Oh, I do this. If I could be mega heteronormative as uh, while I'm being honest, the second you get a cute girl to laugh when you're, when you're 13 and above, you're like, yeah, Okay, I, I don't yeah. think I'm gonna get to kiss any of these chicks right, right. now. But yep. if yeah. making them laughing at me, the dork in school, the kid yep. who wears sweatpants in 1998 yes. because yes. your parents don't won't buy you jeans because they're too expensive. <laughs> like, yeah, you totally. gotta make people laugh. <laughs> totally, that is so funny. But um, yeah, the yeah, stern, the stern family. My dad was also very funny, but funny yeah. in like the asshole bully way that I okay, also okay. am. Yeah. And then my mom, I think because she was married to him, became very funny in a self-deprecating and able to take relentless jokes. Like my mom is, you know, going on 35 years of being the butt of jokes from four men surrounding her. You know what I mean? Amazing. Like, yeah. And she, Amazing. And, she, and so I try to take both of their powers into my comedy of like, be a quick-witted asshole like my dad, but then also destroy, <laughs> annihilate myself like my mom. Because yeah. also- way more people like my mom than they like my dad. So it's yeah. like, that's also something to keep in mind. <laughs> I know that's how it's so funny. Cause my mom was really funny. Not, a, not, not like super self deprecating, but just like very quick and very like, was a great, like straight man. Like could just like, and, and, and very charming. And my mom was from the South. So it was like very charming and, and like warm and, uh, but not like, um, silly or, or, or something like that. But, um, but my dad was like, uh, um, funny. He was funny, but not as funny as my mom. Like my mom was just always being funny and also really, um, love to, uh, uh, watch comedy also. Like we all grew up watching Saturday Night Live same, and like, same, you know, old same. comedy movies and stuff like that. So she loved that. And, uh, what's also weird about my mom connecting these two things is that my mom loved to scare us. My mom used to love to scare us, which oh, I think shit. is obviously why I, I like the feeling of being, scared like i should say you're always you're 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 sort of obsessed with it it's like it's been part of your comedy for as long something i've always liked about you and (laughs) and you and like like wriggle together especially your comedy is like the things you guys do are intense and it's guns and it's jet skis and it's like uh but then even as you went on and you know we're doing more serious stuff it's always like you're obsessed with ghosts you're always yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to get ghost <laughs> stories and shit like there, there's something going on there where there's something where yeah you like, i think a lot like of it fear. is just like when i was a kid 
uh, my mom, we'd be watching TV in the summertime in our family room and, and we had um, screens on our windows in the summertime. So you just open up the window to let some air in. And my mom would go out in the backyard and put on this jacket she had with a hood and put the hood up. And she would like come up to the windows and then put her nails on the screen and be like, oh, and not say it was fun. We'd be like, I mean, you know, we're little, little boys, like in our PJ, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but she loved to do stuff like that. Like, so, so that, uh, that, that sort of jump scare, I love to the point now where like, you know, around Halloween, if I go to Universal or some, uh, haunted, oh, haunted thing, Hollywood Horror like, Nights. Yeah. I love Hollywood Horror Nights. It's like my favorite thing. My wife loves it too. So what we'll do is we'll go in and <laughs> this is so stupid. And if it's really crowded, we'll stand there and let everyone go ahead of us like so to there's try like to a get long, like a fresh to, experience yes, yeah, to, get yeah, a, to yeah. let them reset so that like they'll grab us you know i but, get um, super stoned so that i bug out super easily like i make it so hard on myself because i want to feel the fear so yeah. i'll eat like edibles and be like what am i doing what am i doing and just like work myself up and it, so i can like enjoy hollywood horror nights even that's... more spring has sprung and that means it's time to purchase some new underwear uh, or a sweatpants or Vesper polo or Pima silver dry knit t-shirts, whatever you want to buy from Mack Weldon. I highly recommend now is the time because they're a sweatpants, which I just wore on my first flight in a year and a half, which was horrifying because of the flight, you know, it's just something I haven't done in a long time but made much more comfortable by the fact that I was rocking my Mack Weldon sweatpants and my Mack Weldon underwear and socks. But the sweatpants were, you know, the most outer layer that kind of made me look normal on the plane. No one got a chance to see my cool air knit yellow underwear that I got from Mack Weldon at MacWeldon.com. I didn't even get a chance to get 20% off my first order because guys like you can get 20% off your first order by going to MacWeldon.com slash high. Weldon even has a program called Weldon Blue, which is a totally free loyalty program. Level one gets you free shipping for life. And once you reach level two, by spending only $200, Mac Weldon gives you 20% off every order for the next year. Okay? And they want you to be comfortable. So if you like your first pair of underwear, you can just keep them and they'll still refund you. No questions asked. So for 20% off your first order, visit MacWeldon.com slash high and enter promo code high, H-I-G-H. That's MacWeldon.com slash high, promo code high. See you there, underwear. Re Mac Weldon, reinventing men's basics. Hello. Hello, Fresh. How are you? I am talking about HelloFresh. We got bathing suit season around the corner. We're coming out of the quarantine. It's time to start thinking more seriously about your food. And what easier way is than using uh, HelloFresh? It's such a great way to get, you know, it's a recipe. If you listen to podcasts, if you listen to High and Mighty, you know HelloFresh. I'm a fan of their sponsor of the podcast for a while now. But if you listen to podcasts in general, I'm sure you've heard them. But let me just remind you that HelloFresh offers 25 plus recipes to choose from each week, from veggie to craft to uh, extra special gourmet options. There's something for everyone to enjoy. The recipes are delicious and frequently easy. You know, some of them are a little hard, but they aim for simplicity and deliciousness and they hit it every time. They also have a wide variety of easy, delicious options for three meals a day. So if you needed to get like a full on, 
I take care of all four meals in my house, three meals and a snack or whatever. You can go nuts with it. Uh, over four in five HelloFresh customers say HelloFresh helps them lead a healthier lifestyle because the food choices are just that better. And I know this is such a weird specific thing to me, but again, I cannot stress enough how fun it is that for me, HelloFresh just picks the meals. I mean, I get to you know choose a little bit, but then once it's set, it's set, and I don't have to worry about like, what should I eat tonight? What should I eat? Oh, man. Uh, and then you can get giddy. You're like, oh, shoot, my Gouda burgers are coming later this week. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know I love those Gouda burgers. So uh, getting at, coming home to HelloFresh means you can just be eating in less than a half hour without faster than it would take to like open an app and order. So it just moves that fast, okay? Go to HelloFresh.com slash high12 and use code high12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping, okay? If you want 12 free meals, go to HelloFresh.com slash high12 and use code high12 for 12 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Jump scares. Is that also, because like that's, an all boys thing too, because once, once we were old enough, it was like, Hey Jason, like my youngest brother, like we're downstairs, you know, he comes downstairs, lights are all out. We're not anywhere to be seen. It's like, we're going to scare the shit. We did that to each other. So, cause it is close enough to laughter. You know what I mean? It's, it's the like, same. It's, it's so close. That's why that's what's so interesting to me is like horror and comedy are the only two things I think where, uh, as far as like performance or whatever, where it's a physical reaction, you know, you, a, a laugh is so close to, it's a release, you yeah. know, and it's the same thing. It's just relieving that tension and it's one so is funny joyful that- and one is terrified, <laughs> you know? but they, they do feel the same way in that they both feel like uh, tension relief in that also sometimes when I'm really scared, my reaction is like a laugh. Like it is like yeah, a whole yeah, 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 yes, like yes, yeah, shit yeah. like that. It's like it's they the are same. Yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. close. And that's why I think like comedy directors make good horrors and good yes. horror people know how to make because they know it's about Yeah. And and David Gordon, you just, David Gordon Green, David Gordon Green does the Halloween franchise. So and also good. Jordan does, Peele's you know, yeah, uh, yeah, Jordan like Peele, the, all that. These guys yeah. who have that like perspective, like John and a lot of good horror also has like comedy moments that work because the people behind it know what they're doing. Yeah. You also just made me think of something when you started this comedy horror conversation, there's something to be said about those two mediums or art forms or genres, whatever you want to call it, have a binary as to whether or not they succeeded. Right. Whereas drama is just like two people (laughs) at a fucking diner, just talking about (laughs) whatever, but comedy like that's the thing is like that's why people either they either love a comedy movie or they hated that. It doesn't movie. speak to them at all. Same yeah. thing with horror. It's like that was either a great horror movie or it fucking sucked. Also, I would argue that's why a horror comedy movie is almost impossible to do because right. you just are you're pissing off half of the audience. You know, like half, half of the audience just there's wants no to Venn laugh. diagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pissing yeah. off both halves. Somehow. Yeah, it's a real. It's like a fool's errand to make a, a horror comedy, and I. Love the idea of that, but it's just really hard to do. I think some horror movies are smart. Well, they'll just like every now and then have like a small laugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the move too, is just like put funny people in a real horror movie and just like, uh, you know, uh, laugh at so-and-so. I mean, also I think 
you've been in like three different horror comedies. I've yeah. been like I've written, you know, like you're like it's got to work and then you do it and you're like, yeah, no, it's can't be that scary if you're trying to be goofy and like you step on it's each other. It's hard. It's hard. It's just like you you end up like disappointing people in some in some form or fashion, but um but yeah, it's uh but it is it is fascinating, man, how how those things are so closely related and how directors, especially and writers who write one genre can jump over to another one for sure. Yeah. There's because there's a lot of the same like uh sort of scaffolding of like uh lull them into complacency, surprise them with this, whether it's a bloody hand or a, yeah. a rubber chicken. Yeah. Yeah, but it but it is true what you said is that like people it, it it has to have, you have to have a physical reaction in both or you failed. Whereas you could watch, you know, an hour of this is us, which I'm not picking on that show. I don't know anything about it, but like, you know, and it's like, okay, they, that couple broke up and then, but they might get back together. It was a good episode, you know? Right. Or, you know. And there's, but it, it's, it's become subjective. I really liked that episode. I didn't like this episode, but if you watch a comedy and you laugh, you can't say I didn't find it funny. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and that's like so. There's that instant. I, I some someone told me, and I don't want to. I won't name drop this person because they were disparaging an, an entire industry. But they were like, they were like, what were a comedy TV writer for a while, then got on a hour long drama show, and they, I was like, I, I dude, that must be yeah. that must be crazy. And they were like, no, it's easier. Imagine writing, but you don't have to worry about it being funny. It's much easier. And dude, it's like it's, you have to do drama and comedy to write comedy. You have to write the story. It has to be a good story. The network execs are always about like relationships, grounding, make this real, make this real. And at that point, you're like, now I also have to be funny. It's like fuck it, I should just write an hour long drama. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, there's no jokes at all. It's just talking. It's just talking. Do you have Do you have any fears, or have you ever been in a situation? Uh, I don't know how like physical you are. Like, have you? Do you get in fights? Have you ever been in a fight? Have you ever had someone not, come up to you and like try to start shit with you? I have not been in a long time, and again, yeah. I like to call that big male privilege. Uh, right. That's just Isn't like that I'm. Yeah, I'm like I think running us like like you said earlier like you're not worried about getting mugged i think it helps that we are uh, uh large men but also our circles we ran in for so long were comedy so i was never in like right, a dicey right. situation like, yeah, 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 i was yeah. always easily one of the five strongest people at a party like <laughs> i was never yeah. stressed like yeah. because of the cruise we uh, i ran in but i was a dirtbag kid and a college you know party Maniac. animal and yeah, yeah. rugby player and i got in a shit ton of fist fights and i got jumped and i got knocked out and i've knocked other people out it's been but not in like i was a million say, years yeah, yeah not in like 20 years have i yeah. like put my thought about putting my hands on someone or well i had a like weird that. thing happen maybe <clears throat> i think it was like five years ago i was with my wife and we were going to get sushi and like <clears throat> i'm not really scared of this but 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 right after this happened it was so unsettling that uh, it, it wasn't fear. It was just such a weird feeling. But I'll, I'll tell you what happened. So we're in a restaurant. <clears throat> we're in a sugar fish in Studio City. Hell no yeah. big deal. I can afford it. No big deal, guys. I can afford sushi. Um, but uh, so oh, it's, it's a Nozikawa, whatever the big one. That's the <laughs> yeah. one I always go for. I'm like, I'll take no, the biggest, most expensive. The Nozawa. Yeah, yeah, the Nozawa. Sure, yes. Yeah. So we're in there and uh, there's like maybe two other tables. There's a table next to us, another couple. And then there's like a four top, uh, two couples sitting across the way. And this is before the pandemic. This is like five years ago. So this other, uh, at this other, uh, bigger table, this one bro is just like, um, 
talking about fucking really loud. He's like, oh yeah, dude. So I was fucking this chick and fucking cum. I was fucking coming all over her face and her tits. And I was fucking, she was like, and, and you know, the guy's with his girlfriend and then this other couple's there. I don't know what, but it was just like, and I, I don't give a fuck about any, like I watch porn. I'm all for all of that, but I was just eating sushi. I don't want to hear about this guy. I was just eating oyster sauce <laughs> out of a cucumber. And it was more that, and it was more like my wife was like, these people are just being loud. It wasn't just that they were talking about calm and shitting on each other or whatever. But, but if they were screaming like, and that's the beautiful birth story of our twins or whatever, you'd be less likely to tell them to shut up. But if they're screaming shit, yeah, that's like kind yes. of aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and he just seemed like a fucking asshole. So, um, so my wife was kind of giving me a look and like, like you know, are you gonna say anything to these guys or whatever? And I was like, they were, it was impossibly obnoxious. I, I can't explain, I can't overemphasize how obnoxious they were being. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll just say something. So I, I kind of just like got the guy's eye and I was like, hey man, do you mind? And they were all kind of like, oh, okay, bro. Okay. Da, 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 da. And you can just hear them all getting egged on. Like, oh, we've offended they work, someone. They work themselves up. I know yeah. this fucking bully crew move because I've also, yeah. I've been on both sides of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you know, they're just going, going like, they all right, fuck these yes, guys. Fuck yep, that guy. Yep, yep. Is that the annoying cell phone guy? Oh, that <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, is that the guy from my love you, man? <laughs> fuck that guy, man. Movie sucks, man. Medical police, children's hospital. <laughs> fuck you. I'm an ID, IMDB be this guy. But, uh, so, you know, so, uh, they kept going, kept going after I had said something. So then I thought, okay, I'll just politely go over and just say, Hey, you know, so I walk over there. I'm like, Hey man, for real, like, do you mind? Like, I'm just eating dinner with my wife. Like, do you mind just being cool? And they're like, Oh, okay, bro. Fuck you. Walk away, asshole. Walk away. And I was just like so mad. I just swallowed it down, went and sat back down with my wife. I'm eating. They kept going. He's talking about licking his balls, fingering his asshole, blah, blah, blah. Like just to try to provoke Purposefully some at this point. Yeah. And, and, so, and also just to keep tying in previous topics in this conversation, as one of three boys, I know when someone's purposefully fucking yes, with me. of like, course. My entire childhood was like, I'm not trying to bother you but I am right outside your door yeah. saying, you know what I mean? Like it's like the little kid shit. And yeah, like, you people know, still play how by to, that. you know how to provoke somebody. So it kept going on, kept going on. And they're talking about me you know, they're saying like, fuck you, you fucking at, you know? So I was just like, and the restaurant is not doing anything. Like the sugarfish people were like outside smoking or something. So long story <laughs> short, I walk over to the guy a second time and I was like, Hey man. And at this point the guy stands up and gets in my face and it's like the biggest, like he's like Conan O'Brien tall, like six, <laughs> like six, nine. And now I'm noticing the t-shirt that he's wearing is like some MMA t-shirt. And I'm like, oh God, I'm going to yeah, get killed. Always. This guy's going to kill me. And he gets right in my, way, in my face and he's like, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do, bro? What are you going to do? And I thought I was thinking like, what do I do? Like, do I take a bottle and smash him in the head. Like, and all I did was just like stare at him and I go, really, man, really? <laughs> and like, that was like all I could do. And so it was just like a weird staring thing. So I walk away at this point, the sugarfish people came and they like asked them to leave or whatever. And they, they left and they were furious. They're like, 
fuck you, dude. You came over at our table, got in our face. So this story doesn't have a huge payoff. Edit it out. But it was just no editing. But that's crazy to deal with as an adult man. Yes, it was so stressful. And as soon as they left... I noticed that like I was sweating. Yeah, I, like your, your jaw body unclenches for yes, the first and, time. And like your yeah. your yeah. your vision, I had I had gone into like tunnel vision mode. And like, you know, yeah, your body you does fight have or flight. These, you were in yes. predator v prey. Yeah. It's such a weird yeah, thing. So it, of course, since then I've thought about do you like, get the do you get that the dump out sensation right after that's always after the big anxiety, like fight or flight moment for me. Yeah, just go take like a my huge stomach <laughs> drops and I'm like, Oh my God, I got shit so bad. What was my body doing for the last 20 yes, minutes? It's like it's clenching everything, <laughs> clenching everything and just surging adrenaline to like keep you alive, you know? But of course, you know, since then I just have come up with, replayed it a million times in my head like oh i should have taken my belt off because i had right. you know, like oh my belt is a weapon you know and then of course i went on amazon and was like looking to order you know fucking flap you know blackjacks and like you know concealable non-lethal right. weapon you know but it's such a dumb in thing reality what you in reality what you got to go all the way back to is just like do me a favor, send a bottle of sake to that table. And then yes. when the sake goes over there, go over there and go, this is my gift to you to shut the fuck up, please. Totally. Thank you. And, See, like, even better. And that's like yeah. you just think of all the alpha moves you could have done. And instead yes. you're like, but that's the scary thing about uh, like, I mean, this is why women in general are afraid of men, but like so many dudes are just living in a different world than we are where it's like. I'm not going to get in a fist fight at Sugarfish. And this guy's like, I'm willing to get in a fist fight at Sugarfish. You're like, I'm going out to Sugarfish with my wife. I'm 40 years old. Yeah. I just want to eat this. I'm a little too stoned. To, I'm like a little too drunk to have sex when we get home, where I can't wait to get home and watch the rest of British Bake Off. And now this guy's going, I'm going to kick someone's ass while I'm at this restaurant. Like, yeah, I'm going to show my friends that I can beat the shit out of this dude. Yeah, it's such a weird thing. And it's that thing. fucking hammer nail shit. All these dudes... They consider themselves hammers, so everything they see is fucking nails. They learn MMA, and they're like, "I have to use it." It's like, yeah, there's no way. No. <laughs> yeah, there's no way if you learn like like I remember when I was little hearing that like, oh, if you study karate or something, you can never use karate. You know, it's only like a life or death. Like you would get beat up before you would use it. You know, but like, there's no way you learn that shit. You're gonna wanna. Use it. It's like these cops. Like if you give a cop, you know, police the department, toys. you give them a yeah, fucking row of things on their belt to fuck yes, with. They're and gonna body play with armor them. and shit. Like that's why things are going crazy is because <laughs> we've militarized all these police. I mean, it's a whole other conversation. But. Yeah, it's a whole. That's another thing to be <laughs> it's afraid another of. Another scary and, thing. Yes, and and we are in like. The, we and are, we're you the and I are the safest. People. Yes. Yeah. We're yeah, white, yes. we're men white of age. Yeah. But it's fucking scary. It's fucking scary. Yeah. Imagine, imagine how fucking terrifying it is to be a black man getting pulled. Over. I mean, you know, we could talk about this forever, but like, yeah, so scary. So it's scary. Horrifying. And like, and events like, uh, it was Nikki Glaser one time said something about like men don't even realize that jogging at night is male privilege. It and is. it was just, and it's just like that between that and hearing about, you know, the black experience and shit is like, I have been on a, my, my quote unquote hard life, my poor childhood, blue collar life. I just because I was poor doesn't mean it, I didn't benefit from being white and like that well, or being a man. The, and that's yeah. what I learned. And now I'm like, and I, I, I only learned this, you know, a few years ago, people are learning this at daily, which is important, but I was just like, fuck man, all the shit that I thought I was scared of. It's like not even shit 
that like people are like, we're worried about something. It's a luxury for you to be afraid of that. It's a privilege that I am afraid of fucking a guy in a sushi restaurant beating me up, you know, and not getting like. Right. Because because a woman is afraid of every man, like <laughs> potentially afraid of every man because every man is potentially a predator or a problem or an assault. Yeah. And what, yeah, what, I mean, what, what you said about about white privilege, too, like the term white privilege. Yeah, when you said that, you know, you, you were like a working class guy or whatever, I think the term white privilege is such a terrible term because it's or, or, or a difficult term because people that um, because it, it it makes you think of like elitist uh, people that don't work at all. You know, they're just right, like, right. oh, they're privileged, you know, whereas like uh, if you're a, a, a blue collar uh, working person, you work really hard. You can still be have white privilege, which you do, but the term makes it sound like, you know, uh, the term sounds offensive, like you just didn't. But the term white privilege is just unearned benefits of being white. You know, these yeah, privileges and it, and that it doesn't even you don't mean even that think you about. Complicitly took advantage of it either. Like that's the other thing right. that I think, like to articulate, like to, trying to articulate to like the generation above me, is like privilege. What are you talking about? Blah blah blah. I, I you know, I've been working since I was sixteen years old. It's like. Okay, in Gabriel's family member, I of who will not get named for sure. But do you remember when you moved from one town to another town for a very specific reason because it was the better school district, the whiter yep. neighborhood? Remember when you moved on up? Like, what? What is that? Why is that neighborhood better than the other neighborhood? Why? Yeah. Why? And you tell me. Why is the school better there? That's fucking weird, right? I mean, yeah. I'm talking about Long Island too, which is very much like whatever the school district version of gerrymandering is where it's like, yeah. there's yeah. just like random cutouts redlining. for like, yeah, it's like yeah redlining. redlining. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. It's like, yeah. that's where the nine black families in New York town live. And yeah. it's like, well, they don't go to that elementary school. They go to the other one. It's like, Whoa. right, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can argue that, that not being aware of this, being oblivious to it is also privilege. Like that is white yes. privilege. You have the option of, uh, ignoring this. You have the option of not thinking about this because you are white. It will not affect you. You are in the majority. You don't understand what it is like to be in the minority and have to think right. about that, you know? Right. Uh, and we're not saying anyone is purposefully like we don't, white privilege is not on us. The actor it's on, it's, it is systematic as well. Like you, yeah. know, you are participating in it, but you're not. Oh, and like, yeah. I'm not saying I'm devo I'm devoid of it. Like it's right, something yeah, exactly. that I'm, I'm just trying to be thing. aware yeah. of. Like I'm exactly. trying to think about that more and be, uh, be cognizant of like what I am doing and, and the things, um, that I think about and the choices I make and, you know, yeah. but this is a whole, oh, what, what about this? Just to jump back to fear for a little while. Uh, what do you have anything like, do you have any of those class classic or classic adjacent phobias? The, cause I have what I have like light claustrophobia. I get, oh, wow. very, I get very stressed if, yeah. Something is touching both of my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Like if I feel squeezed a little bit, it like activates anxiety in me. Planes are hard. Concerts are hard. If I'm trying to eat and it's like a crowded place and someone's like touching me while I can't, I have a hard time eating. Like yeah. there's a lot. And I, and my mom is also claustrophobic um, yeah. and that's why she doesn't fly or like, you know, and I don't know what that, and I don't know if that's genetic or if I heard about it from her yeah. or if I'm explaining this weird anxiety I have about a bunch of different things under some claustrophobia umbrella. But that is something that like, you know, if I don't like to wear restrictive clothing or really clothing all too much, you know what I mean? Like I like <laughs> yeah. to be like yeah. having pants and like layers and heavy clothing on like stresses me out too. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't I'm learning a... that as I get older, which is like, 
And then I realized like some of the scariest shit from my childhood was like, you remember that movie Cat's Eyes, the Stephen King movie that was like yeah. three different scenes? Yeah. One is Drew Barrymore where the troll holds her nose shut and like oh, sucks. Oh, so scary. Yeah, yeah. That is burned into my head as one of the scariest things I've ever. And I rewatched it like a couple of years ago as a grown up, and I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> I was scared of this. this is <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. A little toy, like. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I didn't sleep for like a year and a half because of this movie. But yeah. I think getting your face covered, the suffocation, that all is under that claustrophobia. Yeah. I, thing. I don't. I don't have it to the degree that you do. Like, uh, uh, I'm not afraid of flying or anything. Like, but my brothers are pilots. My dad was a pilot, so like. They just oh, sort of cool. explain to me how a plane is like not generally a plane is like not going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> uh, but um, but I, I do have like suffocation stuff like that is really scary, you know, but I think that's from when I was little, like my older brother would like put a million pillows over your head or wrestle you down with like a yeah. blanket and you'd be like, fuck, get it off, get it off, you know, yeah. but and you um, can't convey like there's yeah, you don't learn yeah, yeah. tapping oh, yeah, out yeah. was not a thing yet. Yeah. One time uh, I was in New Orleans for New Year's. This is a million years ago when I was in college. And there were so many people there for New Year's. And right as like uh, it turned over, there was like, you know, such a huge crowd on the street, like everyone surged and I was in the middle of this crowd. And it was that thing of just getting squeezed. Like I'd, I'd never been squeezed that much, uh, it, but just, it was a weird, I, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And like both parts of the crowd were squeezing me together. And that was terrifying, but I hadn't even thought about that until just now. It's so weird. Like, yeah, uh, but that, that sort of like being squeezed, not being able to breathe. Yeah. There's sort of a loss of agency. There a loss of control too. That's kind of stressful in a way where you're like, like, oh, I can't do the thing I want to do right now, which is move this way or move that way. Yeah. Like, or I feel restricted in some way. And that feels like the thing that seems so scary to me is when you see like, um, and this is, I would just never be in this position, but like cave dive. Divers, you know, guys that oh, yeah. go down and dive through like water filled <laughs> caves at, where there's no light and they're just squeezing through like tiny little, you know, like those yeah. cave rescues when they have to go get the miners out of the cave. Oh, yeah. I'm I like, was, oh, I, love I can't, I yeah, can't but, do it. I, I just like, guys, I'm so sorry. The soccer team is going to die because yeah, I can't yeah. go down there and get them. Like they're just, uh, they're going to die, you know. I got scuba certified in 2019. Yeah, uh, dude. Something that I was dealing with. Like I, I've always wanted to do, but I was a little afraid. Yeah. And then I went and did it and it fucking, it, I haven't been in a situation in which I truly needed to overcome my fear to like live in the moment that I was in, like in a long time. And that's a cush life. I, I'm a comedian. <laughs> I'm not, I don't get that nervous about going. I don't ever get really nervous about going on stage and I'm, never in a high st- stakes enough audition that I get activated to some n- level of nerves. It's always like, this. <laughs> why are they going to pick me for this? Yeah. Uh, and so I've never had that, but for this scuba diving thing, we have to go down to the bottom of the, where day two, we're in the ocean. We're off fucking Catalina, 30 feet down at the bottom of the ocean. And the Pacific at, is scary, man. The Pacific is so much scarier than the Atlantic. The Pacific is like, you can't see. It's, it's pretty so, dark. It, it's, it's murky. So it's cold. It's so cold. It's so weird. And, I, you've got so much stuff on with the weight belt, the wetsuit yep. and stuff. And I feel so overwhelmed oh, God. and the guys, the guy comes over and, and I got to do my test where I like take my mask off, put it back on and clear it, take my tank clear off, it. put yeah. it back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, buddy breathe. I got to do all this shit. And he comes over to me and I like, as an adult man for the first time, just said like, 
<laughs> and I, I give him a hand gesture for like, give me like a couple of minutes. I'm fucking melting down. Yes. And I was just at the bottom because the big fear for me is you can't, you can't just shoot up. You can't shoot up when you're scared of Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say, Rob. It's like the fact that I can't just shit hit the fan, get out of here. It's no. like, no, you got to go slow. It's like, I can't handle that. And so you start, I felt trapped. And then also the mask was giving me tunnel vision, which was making me feel more claustro and then all the weight and then you don't hear anything but your own breathing and yeah. you feel physical pressure of being 30 feet deep yeah. that you're like it activated claustrophobia in in me that of i could not course, handle dude. yes but yes full-on panic i like have to i like for the first time in my adult life i had to be like well, there's nothing you can do. You know what I mean? Like you're at the bottom of the ocean, man. Yeah. Like you just, yeah. and I so, I, so I just start like breathing super long and slow, just casual breaths. The guy comes back to me and I'm like, I can do it. And then a couple of minutes later, we're just swimming around doing like the tour where the instructor's like following, you know, you're swimming around like a little jetty looking at little yeah. reefs and stuff like that. And you're like instantly floating in the middle of the ocean and it does not, and then it's the exact opposite of claustrophobia, which I can't explain. It's outer space. You're it, in I, outer two, space. Yeah. Two minutes later, I was going to say, I went from feeling like I was at the in, in the vice of death to I was soaring through an alien world. Dude, and it so was just crazy. Like, yeah. So I, close together, those two sensations. That's wild to me. I know. I, I, again, I got to say, this, is, this sounds like the whitest fucking privilege conversation. Two white guys talking about scuba diving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But like, well, what are we afraid of? <laughs> <laughs> Not cops, sharks. Right, it's hard sharks. for us out there. Yeah, yeah, squid. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but but I remember in high school I went scuba diving a couple times with my dad, and like you know you can become you have that vest on that you can inflate with air a little bit, you know, so yes. you can become neutrally buoyant and just, you don't have to go up or down. You can literally like hang upside down in the water and just like float, <laughs> and it's just fucking outer space that's yeah, all it's, it's so yeah, amazing and it looks like outer space you're all of a sudden you're like this is kind of weird that these fish are this color right like yes all of a sudden all this it, stuff yeah. starts happening where you're like this is a weird place down here yeah and then you hear from someone it's like uh the ocean is as undiscovered as outer space is like oh like, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like that level of unexplored and you're yeah, like yeah we've barely oh. even like seen any <laughs> right, of it right, yeah right. yeah yeah um i was uh when when i was in college that my freshman year in college i joined like the skydiving group or the skydiving club <laughs> just for just to do that sort of thing of like well well what's like the scariest thing i can do to try to like force myself and i don't know why what motivated me? Uh, my my dad had had done, gone skydiving when he was young, and I thought, well, I'll just do that. And so I I went and did like uh, you know I, I only did it for a few months, and I didn't tell my mom or my dad because I knew they would make me quit. I finally told my dad, and my dad was like, no 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 no, Pi no, no. yeah. Pilots are like no skydiving, stay <laughs> yeah. in the fucking plane. Yeah, <laughs> well, my dad my dad I guess when he was in like a million years ago and he was in the Air Force, he like jumped out of a plane and was skydiving, and then his, you know this is back before when they just had like the huge parachutes that you couldn't steer, and yeah. he ended up like stuck in a tree like upside down, you know, like got all hung up. And so he was like, you know, you can really get hurt. Right. So yeah. he, he made me stop. But um, I, but, I skydived once in college as well. Uh, yeah. I had to lie Dude. to Tiffany about it. Uh, she was like, I don't want you skydiving. I'm like, I would never. And then I went yeah. and did it. And this was like yeah. one year into our now 20 year relationship. But I was like, 
I just had to fucking do it. This is how long ago it was, though. I got a VHS tape with U2's Beautiful Day playing in the background <laughs> to me skydiving. So funny. Just to pinpoint that in exactly 03. Yeah, everybody. yeah. <laughs> but but what a fucking terrifying, like, like, same sort of thing. I think when you're doing it, it's exhilarating. But the plane ride up before you do that. The worst that I've ever is felt. <laughs> so your body is. Uh, like shitty every pore is oozing something you know it's Dude. so fucking scary like knowing that i can't get down without going out that door and you've got a dude strapped to you already or yeah, whatever and when, and I, like, when i did it it was a uh it wasn't uh a tandem jump like it was, it was a static club. line yeah i did five static lines and then after five <laughs> static lines i did two solo jumps so i have like seven jump you know but uh jesus but, but the, <laughs> that's but, awesome yeah in this club that i was in that you would go up in like a little plane like a little cessna you'd be packed in there with like three other people they'd open up the door and you'd step out and you'd hang on that the, the support beam of the wing is called like the whatever the something strut and you would hang on to that like a fucking monkey bar and then you just let, <laughs> let go. go yeah <laughs> and, but just knowing that that moment is coming is like it's even, scarier even, than jumping yeah even now when i hear i mean this is whatever I, when i was in college 30 years ago even now when I hear a plane going really slow and like way up, I can, can, I can look up there and be like, oh, that might be skydivers. They're going so slow. I can kind of get nervous. Like I kind of get yeah. butterflies <laughs> no, that's on behalf of those people. Yeah. It's so crazy. Well, you said something before about not getting nervous going on stage. Did you never get, because I, I got nervous for, I would say, years at UCB, like before a show, before I went out there just those butterflies. And I finally had to like kind of recalibrate my brain to think um, when I feel butterflies, that's something good. Like yeah. I just tried to trick my brain into You're like, oh, this pumped. is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, I have, er, since early on, I've always felt comfortable unless I had to do something. Like if it's like line memorization or a presentation or something, yeah, that's, that's when scary. I can get anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But when it was improv or like, go stand up in front of the class, Gabriel, like that shit always because, and I can lean on narcissism and egomania for that. That gives me like an armor because I'm also my own toughest critic. And, and I, again, tying it all back to being uh, all boys house. I was relentlessly abused about every single choice I made in my entire life. So it's like, yeah. I, I could just handle people just, you I, assholes I, can't hurt me. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly why I'm comfortable bombing auditions and shit. You know what I mean? Where it's like, right. people are like, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, fuck that casting director. <laughs> they can't even, <laughs> they can't even do it as bad as I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, yeah, I don't deserve the job, but I also, I'm not going to be embarrassed by this fucking lady with the VHS yeah. camera or whatever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> do you, um, is there, a uh is there any sort of uh animal that you would hate to be eaten by like i used to think about uh a getting eaten by an alligator would be the fucking scariest thing because they just they i think they drown you and then they roll you around they, and yeah, then they, they just put they, you they, under a log the washing machine of death <laughs> yeah yes. they like bite you and then spin with you because yeah. they can just keep breathing and like you're just uh, uh. dude 
I, I'm a big time beach guy. I spend a lot of time in the ocean. You don't have to tell me, bro. I mean, I, I've seen you out at the beach, man. You run that fucking beach. <laughs> I run the fucking beach. Uh, my wife is terrified of sharks. I am not, but I have, I spend an inordinate amount of time in the ocean surfing and all that shit. And it's just like, I've never like, so whenever Tiffany brings it up, she's like, aren't you afraid of sharks? Or someone's like, and I go, I'm in their world. I understand that. I'm hoping I never have to interact with them, but I, I know I'm playing at their house. Like I'm yeah, their yeah. guest. And that attitude for some reason, like has protected me from the, I'm not afraid of sharks because I'm like, they, this is a deal between the two of us. Yeah. Like they know I'm going to come in and I am very, I am hairless giant with a big belly and tan. I, M seal like, like yes. I am. I'm, yes. I'm fucking you are, shark you are bait. a total shark bait. And I have a I've full time that about man. You. I have a full time menstrual cycle going for some reason. So I'm always bleeding. Risk. I'm always bleeding in the water. Super high risk for have, shark attacks. I coat myself in seal fat uh, just to. I wax my. Board I can't afford a wetsuit, so I, in order to keep myself. <laughs> I think that's really scary though, man. Like the, uh, the ocean is fucking really scary. I think, uh, I mean, you're in, it sounds like you're in the ocean more than me, but like that, uh, man. And the Pacific is just like, uh, it's so scary. I, I, I think and I'm not really scared of sharks that much, but I feel like every time I turn on the news, there's like 20 sharks in Malibu or Santa right. Monica. And like, <laughs> I don't know whether we've just overfished the oceans or there are no more fish. Yeah, so they're all coming and then, in and water temperatures too, because they, uh, right. you know, they hunt in like warmer waters and they're here and they're here now. Right. They're everywhere. Yeah. God. Yeah. It's fucking where the, what we're doing to ourselves is like insane. <laughs> it's just, it's just a matter and, of time. And it is, it's kind of funny too, uh, to talk about fear in 2021 where sort of, and at least for some people, I'm saying maybe some some of the more empathetic people and peers of mine that I can speak to more clearly, there seems to be like our own fears are no longer our issues. It's like there are bigger, like uh, societal wide and yeah, and, and that's uh, the real th- thing the worldwide that we talked about. <laughs> yeah, right, the, exactly. The real thing to be afraid of. I mean, it's just like the whole terrorism thing, like for years after 9-11, we were sort of taught to believe like, oh, we need to be afraid of these people from other countries attacking us. Like, no way, dude. It's like these nut jobs in the, these like backwoods militias that have been stockpiling guns. Yeah. And then we should be afraid. And and the terrorists, they, we may still get more attacks from them. We, this may happen too, but why, why were we so actively afraid of that? Why, why was that such a big part of our life? But there's not, I don't, and there's just so much shit to be afraid of global scale, whether it's guns, the world setting on fire, natural disasters, Texas freezing over, yep. wildfires in California. Scary white people, cops. Yeah. Yep, <laughs> Scary white people, cops, yeah. uh, the state, uh, you know, uh, whatever, climate, like climate federal. Climate change, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much shit going on at once that, like, it's like, fuck my claustrophobia. Like, oh, that's yeah, not something yeah. I have time to deal with. Yeah. In a sort of, like, positive like you know hokey uh hands across america way of like yeah, uh-huh. hey rob no no time to worry about eating at sugarfish gabrus no time to worry about shark attacks we have other things to worry about and it's like let's and and it's almost like 
we're saying this person's fear or this fear that affects more of us is definitely more important than my own personal fear here. So but let's what, uh, let's approach that or let's let's see what we can do about that. But what's so insane about the situation that we're in is that the uh and I think you know I don't know what your what your listeners are are what the demographics of this podcast are but uh but you uh, and I politically about I think 75% a mobile have never made eye contact with anyone is my guess <laughs> Heavy but, uh, jazzy scooter clientele. It's all it is. Yeah. My- <laughs> it's all it is. People that cannot <laughs> get out of bed. They cannot yeah. get they choose not to get out of bed. They won't. If they could, they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm sorry. But but well, just that what we're talking about, the way that we are, or what what am I trying to say? The way that you and I are saying that we're afraid of these scary, big, huge global issues and our society sort of spinning out of control and being so divided and one side is armed to the teeth. Their side, you could argue, is also consumed by this fear that is not, I would say, a real fear. You know what I mean? Like they're being fed fear on Fox News all the time. Be afraid. Be afraid of demographics. Be afraid that the demographics are shifting and white people are not going to be in the majority anymore. Yeah. Be afraid of unions because the unions will uh, make you pay dues. Be afraid of solar power because the windmills will kill a bird. Take your jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Be afraid of this because- and yeah. it's all, and then this is the shit that disheartens me the most. Is just like because it's all for eight people to make one more dollar per That's all transaction. It is. It's for the and Koch brothers to get. Yeah, it's it goes totally. all the way up to the top on both sides, where it's like every decision is being made for like the same twenty eight people, and yes. it's like, and we've learned in the last few years, and 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 I mean, people. I've learned. I should say. I shouldn't say we. Uh, way more people have been way more informed than me for longer, but I've been awaken to the fact that if at the top level a decision had to be made that would affect you and I's lives directly in a negative way but make one penny per share at the top or one tenth of a penny they'll gladly like if it's like if we could slit Hubel and Gabrus's throats I think we could increase profits 0.01% they're like get my knife get me Hubel and Gabrus they would totally all, that's and why, that's what it all that's what disheartens me the most. It's like we're fighting, fighting, fighting solar power so that I can have twenty nine million dollars instead of twenty one million dollars. Yes. And it's I like, know. who the fuck even is that person I'm referring to? Who knows? A PAC, a fucking, uh, you know, a, a super PAC, a, a, a politician or whatever. But it, that's what's the most disheartening is that these decisions are being made at the top. And it's because everyone's afraid to be poor because being poor in this country is a death sentence. Right. And it's right. like and it's like, well, what if being poor wasn't so dangerous? Yeah. Then maybe someone wouldn't fight tooth and nail to make sure they leave two hundred million dollars to their two kids rather than a hundred and sixty-five million after being taxed on their estate or something like that. But yeah. no, it's like, no, God forbid one of my kids ends up homeless because of the way I've been talking about and treating the unhoused for the last twenty years or whatever. It's right. like right. that change the whole and it's again that's just fear at the top fear of losing the power fear of the paradigm shifting fear of losing money fear all that shit makes close the wagons circle uh, circle the wagons close the doors like everything and that's that's just not what that's not going to be beneficial for our future 
No. We got to be no. opening doors. We got to, everyone's got to extend I, this stupid fucking hippie thing I've been thinking lately is we just all, if everyone extends their empathy to just like another six feet outside of their property lines in every direction, like, uh, or another 10% or whatever. So, cause there's so many people who are like, I'm not a bad guy. I sent my kids to college. I did this. I did this. I did this. It's like, you're not. You're supposed to be good to your family, guys. I'm sorry. That's yeah, just yeah, like the yeah, rules. Yeah. Like you're not, do anything, you yeah. don't get credit. It's not like, yo, I did all my homework. It's like, yeah, you're supposed to. Like, that's the job now. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what you're doing. So, like, if we all just push our empathy out like 10 more percent, and you just give a shit about one extra person, one extra thing in life that doesn't directly affect you. I think if we all do that, that'll double up, triple up, quadruple up a lot of coverage for people. Yeah. And that's just a small adjustment. And there are people out there who are, their empathy circles are a thousand percent wider than everyone else's making up for the people who are only taking care of themselves. And even for people like me who are doing the bare minimum, but like there are people out there who are really pushing it and we're not even asking that from everyone. We're just asking for everyone to just go 10% further, six feet further, a little bit into your neighbor's yard and, you know, and think about them or let, let one, someone who's not directly in your family affect a decision you make for the first time ever. Dude, we got fucking deep. Fuck, dude. Fucking deep. We got high and mighty. (laughs) So high. So mighty. Uh, Hubel, thank you for coming on, High and Mighty, dude. This was a fucking exciting conversation. I'm a big fan and uh, I love the show. And likewise. And yeah, it's impossible to. I always feel frustrated with my own uh, ability to uh, talk about these subjects in a new or different way. I'm just regurgitating other shit that I yeah. just read about, you know, in a, in, on the internet, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just toy. heard on a, on a more, on a smarter podcast. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And I'm just <laughs> quoting it, but, uh, but I, I agree with, uh, with yeah. what we've said. Yeah. For the most I, part, yeah. And this is the kind of, you know, conversations we got, I think like we should be having. So people who overhear us, like, you know, the mouth breathing freaks that listen to high and mighty. If one person is like, Oh yeah, I guess that like that mission accomplished. Although more than likely, he's like white privilege. I knew he was gonna go I full libtard Hollywood. I, I knew it. Knew he's it. Sucking Fast off, forward. Fast sucking forward. He's still for talking about it. He's still talking about it, dude. I'm on like a text chain with these guys I went to college with. I went to school in South Carolina, and so you know, just guys I've known for a million years, but they're all like super conservative guys. And I I don't see them like a couple of them came to my wedding, but anyway, I'm on this text chain that they'll send out like these, what they think are hilarious Biden memes where I'm like, (laughs) Oh God, get me off this. Like, come on. Like, I know he's old as fuck. Yes. I know he stutters because he has a speech impediment. Like (laughs) I know, but who cares? He's better than a fucking Nazi. He's (laughs) better. It's crazy. You're saying this because I, my, I didn't even go to school in the South, but I did go to school with a bunch of like, uh, wealthy Northeastern kids and they all have houses and banking jobs now. Yeah. And, I am no longer on a college roommate text thread. I was, uh, I uh, escorted myself out because how many times do I need to see a deep fake of AOC sucking off Trump? And also (laughs) what is even the, what are you trying to convey behind the scene? Like what are you, what is, what is your attitude behind this meme? This meme it's uh, revenge porn, but what, like it's illegal, but why are you saying like, what is this message you're trying to get across? And like, the, the second I had like a 
39-year-old millionaire living in a gated community in Connecticut wondering about Hunter Biden's laptops and people coming to take his guns. I was like, I'm done talking to you. We are not living in the same world anymore. Go spend time with your kids. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, Uh, Do you have anything you want to plug uh, where people can check you out anywhere doing anything? Uh, the only thing I would plug me and Sheer do a really fun show on Twitch on Thursdays, uh, and Sheer set up his Twitch channel and I just kind of jump on there with him. Uh, it's called twitch.tv slash friend zone, twitch.tv slash friend zone. And that's me and Paul Sheer on Thursdays, uh, at five o'clock uh, Pacific, but yeah, it's just fun. It's totally, uh, you've been on there. We just, yes, fuck I've around. done it. It's, it was a blast. And it's just you and fucking... Sheer have been doing presentational comedy for as long. Or, as I've known you guys, dude, and you've been very good at it forever. Literally, Since crash every... tests. Like, <laughs> like it's literally. I, I've, I've watched you two do pre- presentational improv together for two decades now. And at we this take turns. We take turns uh, where he's the idiot one week, and I'm the idiot the next week. You know, yeah. it's just like Classic we can't both now. be idiots. Someone's got to be the straight man. So, yeah. so you know, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to be the voice of reason this week. It's like. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll do it. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the only thing I would plug. Um, nice. Dude, thank Check you so much for having me, man. So fun Please, to see you. Please, Thanks. It's so good to see you too, man. This has been a real boon for me, being able to talk to my friends for one hour, uh, uh, even though it's quote unquote for work or whatever, but still, this feels fucking great. So I, I appreciate it. it, man. I love it. All right, buddy. Uh, thank you very much. Bye, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. Holy shit, guys. I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. (laughs) It's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. (laughs) Now... Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to like see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. (laughs) It's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. There's some sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> what? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room. Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now.